Hi, my name is Gail Zergerman. Welcome to the podcast, Growing Older with Gusto. Today's guest on our podcast is Katherine Schneider. She's a very special person. She's the first person on our show to have lived her entire life with a serious disability. She's coming to us from Eau Claire, Wisconsin, and I have met with her couple times in the past, and I want to tell you her disability has not slowed her down or deteriorated her spirit in any way. She is a retired psychologist. She serves on several boards. She's published a memoir. She originated the Schneider Family Book Awards for children's books with disability content through the American Library Association, and she locally started a fund to help nonprofit work towards inclusion of people with disabilities. Her passion really shines through for really clearing the path for anybody with disability to have access to all the good things in life. So we have so much to talk with Catherine about. So let's start. Welcome to the show, Catherine. Thanks. Good to be here. I know you're a woman of many talents. You had a career as a clinical psychologist. You've written four books. You continue to blog. You continue to do your philanthropical work. What distinguishes you from others growing older with gusto is that you've been blind from birth. Tell our listeners a little bit about the extra challenges you have faced due to that blindness that you were born with. Yeah, you're right. There there are extra challenges. Uh, One big one is access to printed information, even if it's online. Uh, It's not always accessible like you think it would be. So that takes an extra level of work, even just to get this podcast thing going. Had to check it ahead of time to be sure it worked with my screen reader on my computer. Then there are the challenges of dealing with the stereotypes that people have about somebody with a disability and some of the stereotypes that I encounter on a daily basis. One of them is that I'm deaf because people have heard of Helen Keller and she was deaf and blind, so people shout when they talk to me sometimes. Or it's assumed that I have a cognitive disability, so people speak very slowly or they speak to a sighted person. If I happen to be with a sighted person, they'll talk to the sighted person instead of talking to me. And then there's the kind of a thought that I'm a saint. And you might say, well, what's the problem with that? Well, the problem is I'm not. And the problem is uh, people don't want to associate with saints. So being thought of as inspirational or saintly or some of that stuff, it's not so good for just being able to relate to people. That leads me to another question. And I know you said the word inspirational makes you uncomfortable in a conversation we once had. And I'm curious, why does that make you uncomfortable? Well, my theory of inspiration is we all are inspirational occasionally. And then there's most of life when we're just sort of in the middle. And then there's sometimes when we're the opposite of inspirational, whatever that is. But to single me out 
because of my disability is, oh, you're so inspirational. Number one, it distances me from people. And that's one of the realities I have to live with, with a disability anyway, is that people feel some distance. And this makes it worse. If you think about, ooh, I'm talking to inspirational Kathy Schneider, as opposed to, oh, I'm talking to Kathy. And it makes me kind of one-dimensional. You don't typically talk to somebody who's inspirational about, hey, you read any good mystery stories lately? You talk about inspirational things. We know that stuff happens as you get older. Um, what advice would you give to somebody from your experience of your life, your whole lifetime, for people, let's say, over the age of 65 that develop a disability? Well, you're right. Half of people over 65 will develop a disability. So you bet stuff happens. And uh, one piece of advice that I would give and give and give again is that when somebody develops a new disability, you're new at it. Cut yourself some slack. Give yourself a break. You are not going to know all the workarounds for whatever disability you're dealing with. You're, you're not going to know all those. You're not going to be good at it. You're still going to be mad as heck about having new limitations. So cut yourself a break. Find some role models. Find some people who dealt with that disability, whether it's through a support group, uh, through reading memoirs. Uh, find some people who've walked the road and have a, have a pity party uh, because you deserve it. Now, I know you don't want to get stuck in your pity party. And the best way to not get stuck in feeling sorry for yourself is to go ahead and let it happen because after a while you get sick of it and then you'll get up and get moving. <laughs> That's a good point. I never thought of it that way, but you're right. I mean, that would apply to probably anybody, right? Even people without disabilities. So how about giving some of our listeners who might be caregivers or working with caregivers or friends and family, some wisdom about how to deal with people who develop a disability, be it a friend or family member? Okay. Uh, some of the realities that the person is dealing with that I would give advice about one of the realities is that that person suddenly needs more help because of the new disability. And so, okay to offer, but not assume that the person needs or wants that help. Let them state as much as they can what they need and want. And they're not going to be good at asking because none of us want to ask for anything, even if 
We've had a lifetime of experience having to ask for what we need. Nobody wants to ask. We all want to give, which doesn't make sense because if everybody's given and nobody's taken, it doesn't work out. But anyway, we want to be the giver, not the taker. So people are hesitant to ask. So your loved one, try to get them to ask or at least name what they need. Uh, when you're around somebody with disabilities for the first time, be aware you're going to feel uncomfortable. They're going to be uncomfortable. There's kind of a bubble around them. Somebody has to break through that bubble. Go ahead. Say hi. Offer help if you think it might be needed. It's okay to offer. The person could always say, no thanks. Now, if they bite your head off and say, what? You think I need help? Fine. You know, you've done the right thing. You've offered. And be aware that uh, if you need to ask questions to know how to relate to that person, go ahead and ask them. Uh, they may be grumpy about answering them because maybe they've answered that same question 50 times. That's for them to work out how they deal with their grumpiness. But if you if you need to know, if you need to ask somebody to repeat themselves because their speech is affected by the disability, go ahead and ask them to repeat. Much better than just saying, oh, yes, dear, when you have no idea what that person just said. When you get frustrated, because you will, and they will, and... Try to point the frustration toward the disability rather than toward the person. Because it really is. It's the disability that's creating the frustrating situation. It's not the person. But when I hear a frustrated tone, I tend to assume, oh, yeah, it's me. I shouldn't have asked. Da, 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 da. No. Uh, it's it's okay for me to ask what I need. It's okay for you to ask questions that you need to ask in order to make it work. And try to keep whatever relationship you had going with that person still going so that they don't just become your friend with cancer and cancers in big letters, uh, keep the pieces of the friendship going, still expect something out of that person, not just having that person be the recipient of all your good wishes. That's, that's good advice. I um, think we all are in a position as we're growing older with Gusto to uh, have to deal with friends who are going through life's challenges, including cancer. So, or any illness. Yeah, or any illness, correct. Correct. Um, it's interesting. I know you're a great writer and you wrote your memoir and you've written four books and you refer to quote, and I'll quote you, the pearls of having a disability. Can you tell our listeners what you mean by that? Yeah, I like 
to look at, okay, there's all the frustrations that I've talked about, about having to ask and there being a bubble, and I haven't even gotten into discrimination that people with disabilities face or the extra costs or the extra time and energy. You know, there are plenty of frustrations of having a disability. But uh, if you remember biology class, an oyster makes a pearl around an irritant, around a grain of sand that's in its shell and it's puts out that oyster spit or whatever it is that makes it into a pearl. So I think in the same kind of a way, the frustrations of having a disability or chronic illness can lead to some pearls. Uh, they don't necessarily, and I can't give somebody else my pearls and be sure that they're going to be their pearls. So when you ask somebody about pearls, they may, especially at the beginning of their disability career, they may not come up with these very quickly. It may take years. So some of the ones that I encounter because of my disabilities, uh, there's a joy in accomplishment. When I managed to get the Wordle game to work with my screen reader by using a special <laughs> version of the Wordle game. You know, it took extra time and energy, etc. But Oh, so yeah. I have a question. So There's what is the first oh, it is fun. What word do you start out with? Because I always use the same word for my first word. Do I you have a special do. word? What do I, you use? I use a do. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. A -E -I, -E -U. I use EU. Interesting. And I use Steam. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah you're, you're a little more balanced than I am. I wouldn't get all the vowels figured out right away. You got them. Okay. That's a good one. I never thought of it. Uh, I got my S's though, and my yeah, you're right. Yeah, you balanced. got the consonants in there. Huh? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Now, okay, in your writing, ah, I I got more pearls. I want to show you more oh, pearls. Oh, all right, more pearls. Give us more pearls. More pearls. Uh, okay. One of the pearls is I know how helpful and good people are. For example, the only way I know a $1 bill from a $5 bill, other than an app that I have that takes a whole lot of time to use, is the only way I know is ask somebody when, when they're giving me my change, if it's a one or a five. And I have only been cheated once in 73 almost 74 years of life wow and that's that's you never told me that story that's well, great see? yes that is wonderful that's, that's great. a pearl that's, that i know that and i as a clinical psychologist might not think that yeah, and then wow, there's the funny stuff that happens because of the disability because people are awkward and when we're awkward we do funny stuff so shall I tell you a funny yeah, story? I uh, want to hear it. And it our was, listeners want to hear it too. <laughs> this is not in my latest memoir. So you're getting something extra. Okay. So whenever I go to through an airport, because my seeing eye dog wears a harness that has metal in it, both the dog and I have to be hand searched, wand searched, enhanced searched, 
which means that they grope your crotch and your butt crack. And then I have to put my hands on a rag and they put it through a machine to make sure there's no explosives on my hands. And then they check the dog over and rub on his harness to make sure there are no explosives. Now, the point of that is they don't want somebody putting explosives into a service animal and blowing everybody to heck. Now, it never has happened, and the people who end up doing this screening, they didn't make the rules, I didn't make the rules, so they're just the rules. So I'm in the Minneapolis airport a few years ago, going through it, and the gal from TSA comes up and says, what sex is your dog? And now you don't... <laughs> fool with those people. You answer that question. I said, it, it happened to be then I had a female dog. So I said, it's a female. And she said, well, by law, we have to have the same sex person search the dog as the dog is. <laughs> now, I bit my tongue to not do what you just did, which is laugh. And I just said, mm -hmm, okay, thinking to myself, well, the dog would rather be searched by a male, but it's not going to be her choice. So, okay. We got through it and went on. And I just laugh because that is so human that when you don't know what to do instead of saying gee I don't remember all the rules let me go look them up or what are we <laughs> supposed to do here she just by law we have to do it this way and I'm in charge and, you know we all do that from time to time and some of those goofy things that happen when we try to interact with each other yeah, you can get all frustrated or you can say, wow, you know, this makes a good story about human nature. You're right. That's funny. That is very funny. Um, and I know about interdependence. You know, people talk about independence, which independence is kind of a myth because none of us do everything for ourselves. But I know on a daily basis about interdependence. Tell us about that. Well, one way with my guide dog. I've had guide dogs uh, this summer. It'll be 50 years I've had guide dogs from Seeing Eye and all wonderful, all unique. Just, but the relationship, because yeah, the dog has been trained to do certain jobs like safely crossing streets, but mm -hmm. the way they do that is in a relationship. They have to care about me and want to work for me and to bond and work with each of the dogs. It's just, it's, it's a wonderful daily it is. of interdependence. I take care of them, yep. they take care of me. That's great, that's great. Now you describe yourself in your writings as a passionate advocate for access for all the good things in life. And tell us a little bit, what are all those good things in life that you're advocating for? And I know that knowing you, that you're out there advocating. Well, in the good life, according to me, you have love, work, play, and pray. And in any given moment, you're doing one of those things. So... I can encounter a barrier or other people can encounter barriers. Like for example, I serve on my county board 
And people know that I ran for county board partly as a disability advocate. And my dog and my pictures on my card, my advertising card and all. So people bring me disability issues that they've encountered in the county and count on me to advocate for their issues. For example, during COVID, some deaf citizens came to me and said they wanted the COVID briefings to be sign language interpreted instead of just having some captions down at the bottom of the screen. They want sign language interpreting. Now, we didn't quite get that accomplished, but we did another thing, which is a lot of what disability, living with a disability is. We found a plan B. Uh, they formed a little friend group on uh, YouTube, and they had a little friend group, and they found somebody to interpret, so they got it interpreted, and it was available to them that way. But, it, you know, it took some fiddling around to get a plan B and to get that accomplished. So in any given day, somebody will bring me something that could be better for a person with a disability. And I, I'm glad to be retired. I'm glad to be able to have the time and energy to put into advocating and helping other people work through it so that they get the good things in life. So that's wonderful. And I want to just say, is there anything that our listeners want to hear from you in terms of what you're doing? Are you writing anything new that's going to be published? Anything you want them to know about? Oh, I would love for them to read any of my books, uh, my children's book, uh, Your Treasure Hunt is great for grandkids talking about disabilities, whether the grandkid has them or doesn't have them, they're still going to be around people that do. Or my latest, my yeah. latest memoir, Hope of the Crow. But I also uh, write a blog that I bet you could put in the show notes if you were so moved. And okay. Kathy <laughs> comments at wordpress.com. And that, that has a lot of my advocacy work. Okay. Along with sounds, a few funny stories. It's not all hard work. Some of it's funny. Okay, sounds great. So this has been a wonderful conversation. It's so informative, and you've been eloquent as always. And I thank you so much for your time. And to our listeners, if you've enjoyed this episode, and how could you not, please subscribe by going to any podcast channel and check out our YouTube channel, Growing Older with Gusto. Thank you for your time. Thanks for the opportunity. This has been Growing Older with Gusto with your host, Gail Zuckerman, edited by Reno Lovison. Tune in to future episodes and find past episodes wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Or visit growingolderwithgusto.com to explore ways to live an enjoyable and vigorous life.